Super Talk Mississippi media production. Joining me now at this time, we've had him on the show many, many times. I am sure he is still basking in the glow of that 5-0 win at Old Trafford on Sunday. John Hale from the Louisville Courier Jr. Your boys look very impressive uh, on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, funny story. My wife is actually a big Manchester United fan. <laughs> you got it before I did, so uh, I can't. Uh, that one's actually my fault that we're on opposite sides there. But we were actually on vacation last week um, during Kentucky's bye week, and we're driving back home on Sunday. And normally those Liverpool-Manchester United games are a little tense in our house, so we decided to just follow it on the road. She was driving at the time. I was giving updates throughout, and she was not enjoying them, but I was. Uh, it made that drive home a lot, a lot more pleasant. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's a tough house divided there. We'll see how it goes for you. Good, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so – I have labeled Kentucky and Mississippi State as as opposite teams. I think that State is the good bad team, the team that's good enough to hang around in a lot of games, but when they got to make a play to win, they can't do it. Whereas Kentucky is the bad good team. They're not overly impressive, but they just keep winning games. Do you agree with my assessments of these two teams? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably fair. I mean, obviously, you know, Mississippi State a lot better than I do in terms of what their issues have been this year. But on the Kentucky side of things, um, I don't I don't think there's any question that they've had some performances that were not overly impressive and managed to escape with wins. You know, think Chattanooga, um, South Carolina, maybe even Missouri. The other side of it, though, is I think that their defense is legitimately a top 20 kind of defense in the country. It's just a matter of how quickly the offense comes around. There had been signs that they were uh, molding into form. That LSU performance was their best of the season. Uh, So you hope, if you're a Kentucky fan, that maybe as they learn this new system, they become more familiar that they're showing improvements there. Then they go play Georgia, and that's a buzzsaw against basically any offense that uh, in the country that it's not going to look great against the Bulldogs. So we'll see if that was a sign of Kentucky coming back to earth or if that was just kind of a one-off because of how how good Georgia is. But there's no doubt that in those close games, even when they haven't necessarily played great overall, they've made the plays you need down the stretch to win, which is not something you can say about Kentucky football very often in this history. Let's talk about that defense because a season ago absolutely manhandled Mississippi State. Uh, didn't give up any points. Uh, the other end was a 24 to 2, so obviously a safety there. Uh, forced a, a bunch of turnovers, turned those into points. Maybe, maybe the worst performance of the Mike Leach era here at, at Mississippi State. What about this season? I, I, yeah, you can tell State is better offensively, although they're not quite, I think, humming along by any stretch of the imagination. This Kentucky defense, though, it looks like it's improved as well. Yeah, it's interesting. They lost five guys uh, from last year's defense to the NFL draft. And for basically all of Kentucky football history, you lose five NFL draft picks. On one side of the ball, you're going to take a significant step back. But they've actually been able to plug in most of those holes with guys who are even higher-ranked recruits coming out of high school than the players they're replacing. Um, the transfer portal was huge for them. Uh, they got Jacquez Jones from Ole Miss to really you know, solidify the middle of the defense, the middle linebacker there. That was a huge question mark because they'd had so many injuries and they lost Jamin Davis a year early to the draft at that position from last year. Uh, the super senior rule has helped them get some guys back 
who were, you know, could have gone after last year, but decided to, to spend another season in college proving to NFL scouts that, you know, they could play at that level. That's been helpful, but they've got some promising young players too. Now the question is, as the, you get into the second half of the season and injuries start to pile up, how much of an impact is that going to have on them? Marquand McCall, their senior nose guard, who's such an important part of their run defense, has missed the last two games. It's possible he comes back this week, but I think that, you know, best case scenario is probably he's he's ready to play next week. They've got two guys, two sophomores who are replacing him. One you know, is a five-star recruit, Justin Rogers, the highest ranked recruit they've signed at Kentucky since, you know, the recruiting site era started. And the other guy is a, a four-star recruit from the deep south and, and Josiah Hayes, who was recruited by Ole Miss and uh, all these, you know, SEC powers. So, to be able to plug in those holes in a way that Kentucky just doesn't usually have that depth has been pretty impressive. But they also lost Octavius Oxendine, their starting defensive tackle for the season with a knee injury. Uh, some other guys banged up throughout that um, Georgia game, and Mark Stoops was was not forthcoming at all yesterday with his injury updates. So we'll see what they look like when they get on the field in Starkville this weekend. But overall, I think that the defense and the performance there is, is a real sign of the, the program Mark Stoops has built in terms of being able to plug guys into holes that maybe you're not used to Kentucky being able to do. And you mentioned the, the, the success in the transfer portal uh, defensively. Obviously, offensively, that's been the case, too. Let's talk about Will Levis. I, I, he's been very steady this year and has made some big plays, but is there another level to his game? Can, can he be a guy that just goes out and wins the football game? I think it's possible. Um, obviously, he wasn't that guy against Georgia, and, and the game plan was pretty conservative, I think, in terms of they have the ability in this offense and maybe the biggest difference – in the new offense and what they were running the last four or five years is they still have that power run game that has been pretty successful outside of the Georgia game. But now they also have the ability to get the ball down the field and hit some big plays with Levis because arm strength is his real, his real plus as a passer. And they just didn't have that uh, ability the last three or four years. It was basically run or nothing else. The problem has been defenses, uh, as the season have gone along, have, have played you know two deep safeties and tried to force Kentucky to go underneath. They were able to do that some the last two weeks. Uh, obviously, against LSU, he didn't put up huge passing numbers, but he had five overall touchdowns between throwing and, and passing with a lot of you know dink and dunk stuff and you know getting the ball to Wondell Robinson, the transfer wide receiver from Nebraska, who's basically their only consistent weapon at wide receiver in space and just letting him do his thing. They throw it to the running backs a lot. They're getting their tight ends more involved. I think that that's the area that maybe he can still take a step forward. It's important to remember, too, he is not one of those transfers who was here for spring. I mean, he finished his degree at Penn State in the spring, did not get to Kentucky until, you know, just before preseason camp. So he only had a month in this offense of practice uh, before he the season started. So I think it's, it's logical to expect he's going to get better. He's going to get more comfortable. But there's still real limitations at that receiver position for Kentucky on the roster. And until they have more weapons for him to throw to, it's going to be a team that relies heavily on the run game and, uh, and you know, one or two things they're really good at in the passing game. And that sort of feels like a strength-on-strength strength kind of thing because Mississippi State has been one of the best defenses uh, all, all season long uh, against the run. Chris Rodriguez, you mentioned him, one of my favorite players in the SEC. It's just an under-the-radar, underrated guy. He's on pace to rush for about 1,300 yards this year and, and score double-digit touchdowns. Who do you think has the advantage when it comes to Kentucky's running game versus Mississippi State's rush defense? Yeah, I mean, two weeks ago, I would have said that Kentucky can just – that's just who they are. They can run the ball against basically anybody. And then Georgia, which, you know, might have a defense that's 
you know, a generational kind of defense. Might be a little bit of an outlier there. <laughs> yeah, it just shut them down completely. So I don't know what to make of that. I mean, Chris Rodriguez is still the S. Well, I haven't checked after this weekend's games. We can tell he was off. But heading into the bye week, he was the SEC's leading rusher despite rushing for like 14 yards against Georgia. He had a 100-plus yard lead going into that game. Uh, so now it's a question of, uh, can they bounce back? Can they prove that that's still their bread and, bread and butter? I mean, Mississippi State's really good at, at that kind of thing on defense, too. It, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I think the, the problem, the factor that gives me, makes me think Kentucky might still have an edge is it's not just Chris Rodriguez. I mean, he's the powerful guy. He runs through tackles and uh, is, is a really hard guy to bring down. He seems to get better as the game goes along. But they've got other guys there. Cavassier Smoke, who's a, a real fast burner. He can hit the home run. And then Levis has made a lot of plays the last three or four weeks with his legs himself. And so when you add that quarterback run game in there, it opens things up for everybody else. I mean, I, I don't expect this to be a game like um, the Missouri game was earlier in the year when Kentucky rushed for 300-plus yards by any means. But – I think that they can probably run enough uh, to feel good about their offensive game plan. Wondell Robinson, another hit in the transfer portal for, for Kentucky, has been the dominant receiver for the Wildcats this year. He has 49 catches. The next guy on the list has 17. State with two really good cornerbacks in Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes. I imagine one of them will be matched up with him. If they can do a good job of slowing him down, does Kentucky have faith in those other guys uh, to make plays? <laughs> no. That's the easy answer. <laughs> um, it's interesting, though, because that has been the narrative all year, that the the passing game has been so one-dimensional in terms of, I mean, Robinson, you mentioned his catch number, but his, he has like two-thirds of their targets, too. I mean, they, they th- it's not out of the ordinary to throw it to him 15 times a game and throw it to another, the second leading receiver have like two or three targets. And so uh, it's just a matter of we've thought, throughout the year that defenses are going to try and take him away and they're going to double him more. But, you know, the reality is that most college defenses, that's just not something they're really capable of doing. So maybe it hasn't happened as much as, uh, as we thought it was going to. I do think one of the strengths of this offense that their coordinator, Liam Cohen, brought from the Rams in the NFL is the ability to, to find ways to get their best players the ball in space. So Robinson is going to get his this weekend. I think it's just a matter of if, if Mississippi State can limit him to under, you know, 75 yards or whatever, uh, all-purpose yards, then it's going to be a real struggle for Kentucky because Josh Ali, their number two receiver, has also missed the last two games with injury. He might be back this weekend, but he's probably not going to be 100%. And But beyond those two guys, there's just nothing proven at the wide receiver position. You know, a guy like Isaiah Epps has shown a flash or two. A guy like Demarcus Harris, he had a couple of nice catches against Georgia, but has overall just been disappointing in his career. I mean, Mark Stoops and, and their recruiting coordinator keep talking all season about needing to go out and, and sign more wide receivers. That tells you what message they're sending to the guys on the roster. The hope there is that they do have some talented tight ends in Justin Rigg, Brendan Bates, Isaiah Cummings. Cummings also injured, so we'll see if he plays. Uh, and they and the running backs have been getting more involved in the passing game, so that's a way that maybe they can take some of the focus off of Robinson. But no team that plays Kentucky is going to have any illusions that they're going to throw it to anybody but Wandell. Every week when we uh, we preview the game on our Friday podcast, we, we, we predict a guy we call the X Factors, you know, sort of away from the star players, but somebody you think, could make a play or two in this game that impacts it. Offense, defense, special teams, whatever. Give me an X factor in this game for Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I think the guy that for Kentucky who does not get enough attention is Josh Pascal, their defensive end. Um, he has just been in the backfield all season. And, and even though, I mean, he's a lineman, so he's not going to put up huge numbers that are going to jump off the page. But 
he's up there in, in the SEC and tackles for loss. He gets to the quarterback pretty regularly. Uh, Kentucky needs to improve their pass rush. And with so many other questions on the line at the other two spots in that 3-4 base defense, they need him to play like an all-SEC caliber player, which, which he definitely is. Um, so if he can create some havoc, if he can you know get in the backfield, put some pressure on the quarterbacks, help out the rest of the defense, I, I think that keeps the game in a scoring range that you feel good about Kentucky's own offense being able to handle things. Because if it gets in a shootout, we haven't really seen proof from Kentucky yet offensively that they can win that kind of game against a quality opponent. And certainly with their struggles in Starkville, that adds a whole nother level to it. So uh, I, th- I think he's a really important player for the defense and the team as a whole. I agree. All right, John, uh, John Hale, thanks so much for your time, man. Always appreciate you guys, uh, you coming on the, uh, the podcast, and uh, we'll see you this weekend in Starkville. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.